And welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Dr. Jeremy White, and winner of the 2020 Sexiest Psychic Alive Award. Uh, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our normal co-host, Conjurman Ali of theconjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California, and our abnormal co-host, Reverend John St. Germain from DivineHarmonySpiritualChurch.com in Knoxville, Tennessee. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest, Miss Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, bringing us today's the topic of photopsychometry. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who have signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and have called into the show, then you will be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first we'll catch up with our co-host, Conjurman Ozzy and Reverend John St. Germain. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. Thank you for asking, and thank you for that lovely introduction, uh, Jeremy. It's always a delight, uh, and <laughs> your humor cracks me up, uh, so thank you for that. Welcome to all of you who are listening and those of you in the chat. We have a really stellar and exciting show planned for you. It's not very often that we get the uh, hostess herself, the great host, Kat Ironwood, to be the guest. So it's a rare treat. Uh, We've only done this a few times before, maybe a handful, where we've had a chance to talk about upcoming books uh, and whatnot. But this time, we get a chance to really dive into a topic uh, that she has presented for us, which is photopsychometry. So this is a very exciting show, and we're uh, all very excited to kind of uh, chat with Kat. But before we bring her on as a guest a little bit of – you know, checking in with everyone, see how everyone is doing. Hopefully, everyone is doing well in the crazy month that June is. 2020 has been uh, every month outdoing itself. <laughs> At least the first half of it, it certainly has seemed that way. Uh, we started off, January was really a crazy month. You know, we start, I mean, people forget, it seems so far away, but we started off with like the threat of World War Three. <laughs> right off the bat. Um, and now here we are six months down the line and things are still just kooky. Uh, we have about half a dozen planets in retrograde right now. We uh, Solar eclipse, the an- or the annual eclipse happened uh, in the wee hours of the morning. Uh, we also had a lunar eclipse at the early, earlier kind of parts of June and another one coming up. So astrologically, some funky weather, and it's certainly been reflecting uh, in our in our lives. It actually reminds me, we talked about this with Sister Girl a little while back. She asked about the kind of month and uh, back in, uh, I think it was March. Yeah, I think it was March or April. She asked us, what does the, the month come up? And Kat and I mentioned like, 
yeah, end of May, early June is going to be really weird. We're going to have social upheaval. And it turned out 100% true. It came out accurate. So Kat and I uh, saw that in the stars, and, and June has really lived up to it. And now we're going through Mercury in retrograde in addition to other planets in retrograde. So it's been it's been a weird June. But, you know, we're doing the best that we can for 2020, and we look forward to seeing hopefully what other things are in store, good things. We're, we're thinking about. Let's bring on our wonderful uh, catch as retrograde galore, eclipses back to back, and just plain crazy president who is not at all ready for a serious political rebuild. So true. Um, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, nothing is made easier given the fact that who's in charge of the U.S. at this particular moment. Let's bring on John St. Germain, a fan favorite, see how he's doing and what's new in his neck of the woods. So welcome, John. What have you been up to? Oh, oh man, well, um, everything's fine here. You know, our, my six-year-old granddaughter's home from school, um, so it's mm-hmm. challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 60 years old raising a six-year-old, you know, six, six, Four. and in the month of June, which is six, so mm-hmm. the three sixes, mm-hmm. right? Hey, it, isn't it crazy? It really is. And uh, 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 it's just so crazy that, we're in the middle of a retrograde, or at the beginning of a retrograde, people are just like, eh. <laughs> usually, usually, everybody is uh, at a retrograde. It, it's like the every time I, there's a Mercury retrograde, it reminds me of the Abbott and Costello, or, or the uh, Three Stooges things, uh, you know, Niagara Falls, and people go, Mercury retrograde, sloping that uh, but it's like now they're just like, uh, you know, I'm just I'm so worn out by 2020 that, uh, you know, what's Mercury retrograde going to do to me? That's you know, relationship, relationship so issues. Oh, my God. We've had murder hornets. We've had cannibal rats. We've, we've had uh, volcanoes, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mercury, yeah, relationship communication issues. Yeah. I mean, Mercury, as bad as it is, is nowhere near as you know, as scary as people make it out to be. And then you have at the same time, right. Jupiter's in retrograde, Pluto's in retrograde, Pluto. you know, Mars is going to be later in the year in retrograde. So it's been Venus. Yeah. Is in, it's, it's been a funky, funky June. Pluto worry more than Mercury, really. Pluto sneak up on you. Yeah. Uh, underground oh, stuff. Yeah. Pluto sneak up on you. And uh, uh, you find the darkest stuff in your subconscious coming up, stuff from the past mm. you thought you forgot about. That, that's what happens mm-hmm. in my case. It's it's pretty mm-hmm. dark stuff, but um, um, you know things are happening. We're doing a lot. Of, I'm doing a lot of home renovation. You know, I have this 125 mm-hmm. year old house, and just spending my time doing that, just concentrating on that. You know, the world is in chaos, and I'm trying to put order in my personal life. That's how I deal with it. You know, that's a really good. That's a very interesting point you make there too, because spiritually speaking, that's actually a really great way to deal with like the chaos of the world is to focus on ordering your life or your house. If you can focus on things like cleaning the house, and we just did a show recently um, where I think we were talking with a, a lady muse, if I'm not mistaken, of dealing with things like depression and, and the chaos yeah. of the world. And one of the things we recommend is clean the house. Focus on rebuilding, remodeling, cleaning. That stuff really does work. It helps to kind of narrow you down, focus you yeah. uh, on, focus. on the kind of what's really, really in front of you. Excellent. Well, I'm glad to. Because we get your, overloaded. Uh, your, your we get overloaded with news. You know, we get overloaded yeah. with news. All the stuff. Absolutely. We just got ads. 
<laughs> yeah, totally true. So let's uh, let's bring on Kat and talk a little bit about this panel discussion that she has uh, offered us. So first and foremost, welcome, Miss Kat. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the guest seat. Uh, it is fun I, to, to I kind am. of switch things up. Welcome, <laughs> welcome. What's new in your neck of the woods before we dive into our topic? Any updates well, or special um, news? Let's see. Right before we started the show, I managed to make four oils very quickly. Mm. And as usual, I take the making of these oils, which which I have to explain here. These oils are made on the basis that we run out in the shop. So there is no, you know, alphabetical order, no numerical order. Mm-hmm. It's not even, you know, it's unknown order. So I take mm-hmm. these oils as a kind of, um, oh, I guess you could say a divination on oh, yeah. what's going on. And I almost always make these oils right before the radio show starts. I have four oh, of them to make on average. Every These are big, large uh, stock oil um, bottles. So... Today, we had stop gossip. That was good because I had been hearing some gossip and I was, you know, kind of displeased with it. So that was really nice. Stop gossip. And um, and then I had uh, to make some, um, uh, let's see, the other one was um, Van Van. That's always good mm. for changing, you know, bad things to good. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I had to make some... Um, Fiery Wall of Protection. That was good. And then I oh, I got to make Blessing. <laughs> so oh. it was, mm. yeah. So I took this as a little, you know, a little sign of what I had to do. Oh, I take it back. It wasn't Fiery Wall. I'm sorry. It was Steady Work. That's what it was. It was ah. Stop Stop Gossip. Yeah, Stop Gossip, Van Van, Steady Work, Blessing. So that was my little my little job. Right now, I smell pretty overpowering. <laughs> my hands, I went and I went and washed my hands, but uh, I'm I'm pretty pretty mixed up here. But yeah, that was it. So that's so that my day. A, that's an interesting divination, and it certainly does tell a little story there. Stop gossiping, some does. type of internet, some type of Facebook internet stuff. Van Van turning the bad to good, and then you've got. Uh-huh. Steady work, which we can all certainly use in the pandemic, and blessing. Yeah. I, I, you can almost see like tarot cards laid out with these oils. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And they're in little. They come in little stainless steel bread pans with all the bottles in them, the um, quart bottles. And then I have these other quart bottles I got to pour into, and you know, it's a it's a little a thing. And some of them use the same essential oil, but might be used in more than one. And this time. The winner and the only one that was used in more than one was lemongrass. So oh. there you go. It, it so we had a little extra hit of lemongrass. So I don't know why that was just its thing. Oh, interesting. <laughs> well, thank you. That was uh, that was fascinating. I didn't know that actually. I've been friends with you for well over ten years or so, and and I didn't know that that you did it right before the show and it acted as a divination. I love it. I think it's very cool, and it does certainly give you a pulse of what is really going on out there. Right? Who's ordering what? What Who's ordering they are. Yeah, that's right. That's, fantastic. that's right, because we, we wouldn't run out if they didn't order them. Exactly. Anyway, exactly. so there we are. Well, that's we, that's what, what what I've been up to. It's a blue sky. Um, people are down there working in the shop, um, for which I'm very thankful. And that's about oh, it. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you for that. You have brought us a really cool topic, um, and one that I don't think we've ever actually had on the radio show. That's a little tricky. Sometimes we have to do 
you know, repeats or, or part twos or part threes or take different angles. Um, so we've all had a lot, like a dozen love episodes, a dozen episodes. Yeah, I was very excited to hear ancestors. So, yeah, this is a, kind of a unique one because we've never really talked about this topic. So we are in for a little bit of a treat. We are going to be talking about photopsychometry. And for those of you who haven't uh, known who Kat is or hasn't, haven't followed her work, uh, where have you been? But photopsychometry is one of her gifts. And I use this, this word very deliberately because it is one of the things that I consider a gift. Um, you can develop the skills, certainly, without a doubt, but it is something that most, some people are born with. And we talk about, when we talk about psychic skills, we talk about people who can hear, people who can see, some people can smell, they can smell certain things, and other people can touch and they're able to see it. The word itself is kind of a 19th century invention, but the concept is much older. So with that kind of real brief introduction to this unique psychic ability and to this unique ability to read, I'm going to turn this over to Kat, who's going to walk us through what is photopsychometry. All right. Well, um, what I would like to start is, off is what is psychometry. Um, so um, there is a page on psychometry at AIR, the Association of Independent Readers and Workers. I've asked for a link to be put in the chat room for that. Um, it's a category, category psychometry. So um, psychometry is a compounded word, and metry means to measure, and uh, psyche refers to the spirit or soul. And so this is a way of apprehending um, from measurements, but mm-hmm. it doesn't really refer to measurements, although it could. But if it was just numbers of measurements, it would be numerology. And if it was just the study of the way people think, it would be psychology. So psychometry is a word that was coined with a kind of an oddball back formation in order to cover a subject that wasn't covered otherwise, and that is getting psychic impressions from touching objects. So many of us have had the experience where we uh, come into a room and we see, you know, like an antique shop where there's a bunch of articles that we don't know who they belong to. They're just articles. Our eye may be attracted to one, Um, because of its beauty, but when we touch it, we might get a repulsion. Or we may look at something and think, why am Mm -hmm. I looking at that? And we may pick it up and feel warmth and love. Mm -hmm. And this is the perception of what is called in dowsing remnants. Remnants Mm -hmm. is the uh, retention in an object or a portion of land or rocks or minerals or water of something that formerly happened. So it might be called um, psycho-remnants, would be maybe a better word for it, but remnants wasn't a word that was used in dowsing until, oh my gosh, well into the early 20th century. Mm-hmm. And um, in remnants in dowsing means that you douse, but the thing that you doused for isn't there anymore, but the stones around it, the dirt around it, remembers it. And uh, Mm -hmm. just to give you an example of remnants in dowsing, you may be dowsing for water in an area that has a lot of limestone caves. And over the years, one of the limestone cave ceilings collapsed, and the water that was flowing on top as an underground stream is now 50 feet below. And you're dowsing, and you go, there's water here, and it's, it's at only 10 feet, but it's not. It's at 60 feet. 
And the reason is the remnants or remnant energy of it is at the higher elevation. And sometimes it'll mm-hmm. even go, when it goes into a cave, it may go sideways, it may go some other way. So remnants is a very well-known phenomenon in dowsing. Um, photopsychometry of objects relies on remnants. Somebody touched it. Now, people get all um, worked up about, you know, private investigations and law and order shows and CSI and all that stuff. Oh, their DNA was on it. Well, yes, their DNA may have been on it, but it may not have been. It may have been just that their eyes looked at it over and over. That object was always looked at with admiration or with contempt. But very often, if someone held it, some energy from their body is mingled with the energy of the object. So many of us who are psychometrists have had the um, the feeling of you go into an antique store and you pick up um, a mug and you just you go, oh my gosh, this was father's mug. Now your own father didn't mm-hmm. have a mug like that. But you go, you hear a voice almost. And the voice is not necessarily father. The voice may be the child who inherited the mug, lived for a while and then died, and now the mug is in the mm-hmm. antique shop. And so the remnants may not be from the original owner. It may be from someone Mm -hmm. along the way. Um, you You can remove remnants from objects if you wish to, um, and that's another topic for another day. Um, some of what people call haunted objects are those which are found to have generally negative remnants. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's psychometry. Okay, everybody clear on that? Yep, yep. (laughs) No questions from the class? Okay. Um, I'm sorry, guys. This is going to be pretty much a quick lecture, all right? So um, so you can remove remnants from an object. There are many ways to do it. And, yep. um, of course, um, we'll we'll get to that some other time, how to clean, clear haunted objects. Um, yeah. And But um, that is psychometry of objects. Now, photographs, as taken in the oh. old days, before they were simply digital, they were developed on paper. And they became objects. And those objects were sometimes framed, sometimes just left as loose paper. And I found out very early on that I could read photos. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm going to first tell you about what you said. You said that psychometry is a gift, and it is. And most people either have it or don't. You can train it if you have it. If you've never had it, listen on. You're just listening to a story about baseball and Cuba, you know, I mean, it's just, it's someplace you're not going to go. But if you yeah. do have this gift, you can train it. So um, I first learned that I had the gift of psychometry, and I think I've told this story on the radio show before, but I will just briefly mention it. I was um, in a house, um, in a, my mother's best friend's house, and she had a tall husband, and she was short, and I'm short, and my mother was short, and the light bulb in the kitchen went out, and they were short, but they were also older and didn't want to get on a step stool. So with no tall husband to ask to change the light bulb, I went and got the step stool and I stood up and I went to change the light bulb and I had this like incredible experience that I was changing the light bulb for the last time before going into World War II. And I was a man. Mm-hmm. And um, I know it wasn't the same light bulb. It was just touching the socket and doing that act um, I even saw that I was in an in a, um, army uniform. I was a young man. I changed the light bulb. I got down off the stepladder, and I that was it. That's all I got. 
you know. And I thought, that's the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. So I I was talking about this with a a mentor teacher of mine, a woman who went by the name of Leah Minda Andandian, and she said, oh, that's Mm -hmm. psychometry. You have psychometry, Mm -hmm. and people who have it know what it is. Well, I rocked on thinking I would have people come to me as clients and I'd say, you know, bring me, you know, bring me the ring, bring me the necklace, bring me the, the shirt, whatever it is. And I could read them. I was like, I got really good at it. And then I went to jail and I was in jail for growing marijuana and I was in jail for a while. And um, there were old magazines there and one of them was an old copy of Life magazine. It wasn't even the current issue. Life magazine was a large pictorial magazine on floppy paper that was filled with black and white photos. At the time, I think they later went to color photos, too. I opened it up, and I was reading through it, just sitting in jail, and I got to a photo, and it was a picture of a young boy. And I went, oh, my God, I can read this boy's mind. It was so startling. And I put my hand over the photo and touched the photo that was printed. And I went, oh, my God, I know everything that's going on in his life. It was, like, so spectacular. And I... I immediately went, oh, my God, what is this? Well, when I got out of jail, I looked it up. It was photopsychometry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah. I became very good at that. So then I would tell people, bring me the photos, bring me the photos. When and I, and I began to read them. And I will explain a little bit how that is done in a moment. But then when we went to digital cameras, people would say, can I just send you the photo in email as an attachment? And I'd say, no, no, I have to have the photo. Mm-hmm. And um, I can read online. My problem is I don't have very good eyes. I don't think it's a limitation in photopsychometry. I think it's a, li- a limitation in my own eyesight. I am used to a certain angle at which I place the photo. So this mm-hmm. is my pattern. If you were used to looking them ver- you know, vertically in front of you on a screen, I'm sure it would be okay for you. Um, if you mm-hmm. have them on a tablet or a cell phone, it's actually easier for me because I can place them at that angle. The angle mm. I place them is not horizontal on the table. It's usually in my hand at a you know, 30 to 45 degree, 30 degree angle. So now, I'm looking quickly, at them. Can I just ask you real, real quickly, when you're looking at the screen, are you also touching it with your hand or is it just I'm a I haven't to that thing? yet. Oh, you're ahead of me. Okay. You're ahead gotcha. of me. We're, we're going to get to that. Okay. <laughs> So I just want to say why I prefer printed photos. So what I do is I take and with my my printer, I print them out on a piece of 8.5 by 11 paper, Mm -hmm. and then I read them that way just because I can hold them right the way I want to hold them. I can Mm -hmm. hold them in the light or whatever it is I need to do. Mm -hmm. But I can read them off of the screen too. Not a problem, but it's not as... Um, easy. Also, if you have them mm-hmm. on paper, you can lay them out and, and array them. Okay, whereas on the screen, you're flipping mm-hmm. from screen to screen, or you have all these little things, you know, it's much less convenient. So that's how you prepare to do it. Now let's talk about what it is. Like all forms of divination, photopsychometry falls into two parts. There mm-hmm. is character analysis, and mm-hmm. there is the um, fortune-telling process. So the character analysis is what I'm going to teach you today, a small hint of it. The divination is a little different. And so I'm going to start by explaining what they are and how they're different, and then we'll spend a little time on some character analysis with photos. And we've posted some photos. They are um, 
in the slideshow for the show. They are also on the ads we've run in Facebook, and I believe that Nagashiva is going to put them at a web page for those who hear this show in archive. All mm-hmm. right, so um, you asked the question, do I touch them? When yeah. I'm doing When I'm doing character analysis, no, I do not touch them. Um, I can start that way. When I am doing mental contact, I always touch them. Mm. I could touch them for character analysis, but it's not necessary. So um, let's talk about what you do when you're doing character analysis. You're you're getting a picture of the person's general um, sense of what they are, what they're doing, what they thought at the time the photo was taken. It is not um, necessarily their future. It might be. But it's not a fortune-telling thing. So if someone were to ask me, for instance, is my boyfriend cheating? I yep. would look at that and from a character analysis point of view say, yeah, he's a, he's a serial cheater. He's a, he's a constant yep. cheater. Or I could look at it and say, no, he doesn't look like a cheater. Let me ask him. And that's where we go to the fortune-telling, which is also would be called mind-reading, extrasensory perception, and prediction of the future. And those are done by actually engaging in a conversation with the person through their photo. It's like calling mm-hmm. up spirits. It's a form of mediumship. Yeah. Okay? But I'm going to go back to character analysis now. So we've put up some samples. And um, if you can look at the first sample, it's a picture of a man. And um, this man happens to be a man named Lionel Atwill. And he was a very well-known, very highly respected movie actor. And he had um, an asymmetrical face. So we're not looking at here at a snapshot. It's a studio portrait of Lionel Atwell. But it Mm -hmm. shows the fact that his face is asymmetrical. And I use him as a test to explain what happened with him. Because he had an asymmetrical face, and he was an actor, and he was well aware of the fact that his face was asymmetrical, he told directors, and I think everybody in Hollywood knows, it's well known, that if he were playing a role that was sympathetic, they were to shoot the left side of his face. And if he was playing a villain, they were to shoot the right side of his face. Oh, this is really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why I use him as an example, because he was in complete control of it. And if Um, he was in a movie where he was supposed to first appear sympathetic and then turn out to be the murderer later, they would just flip and start shooting the other side of his face, right? No makeup necessary. Okay, so if you have his picture in front of you, I want you to cover... Now, I'm going to refer to my left and his right, okay? So I want you to cover up what I would call my left, and that mm-hmm. exposes his left. Okay, now here he mm-hmm. is as a middle-aged man, and you can see he's serious, he's kindly. This actor could play a banker. He could play yeah. a district attorney, a father. Um, he could play um, even a mining engineer. Um, he's, he's got little you know, nasal labial folds and lines, little lines under his eyes to show he's middle-aged. Um, his hair is, uh, you know, fairly neatly combed back, and mm-hmm. he, he he's got a, a neutral look on his face. Now cover yep. the other side of his face, right? 
cover his left or your right. Now suddenly we have wild hair flying everywhere, frowning oh, eyebrows, yeah. and um, he's also what they call sanpaku, which is a Japanese term that means he shows the whites under his iris. And look at that little weird wrinkled smile frown thing he's got going on there. Oh, you're so and he right. Looks, and he looks evil as shit, right? And this is with no yep. special makeup. Oh, now, what's odd about this also is that this photo is mostly lit from what would be his left. And usually people mm-hmm. squint where the light is. So this isn't even the most exaggerated you could get him. Okay, now, when you do this, what I don't, I don't, I, I usually touch, actually, I, I did say I don't touch it. I touch it once just to orient. I say, Lionel mm-hmm. Atwell, what do you have to show me? Right. Then I pull it up. But then I just move my hand in the air over it. Mm. Okay? So this is um, photopsychometry for character analysis. Now, as I said, this man was a professional actor. He wasn't evil. He's, right. he's an actor, right? But you get the idea that a person mm-hmm. can be two-faced. And the mm-hmm. more two-faced they are... Um, the more strange it will become. The most common isn't a man like this who looks partly like a hard-working, middle-aged um, corporate drone and partly like some evil scientist. Um, the most common is a man who is an alcoholic, and half of him looks like a helpless baby, confused, and the other half looks like mean as a snake and about to hit mm. you. And you see that often on alcoholic faces. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. now we're going to go to a snapshot of a woman and she has, um, looks like she's from the 40s. She has a sort of a, uh, a dress with a white collar, little white buttons, and she has white mm-hmm. earrings. She has a smile. This is a woman with a very symmetrical face. I just picked her right off of um, Google Images. So if you cover up with your, le- with your hand, you cover up her right or your left, what do you see? Mm-hmm. A smiling lady. You cover mm-hmm. up the other side, what do you see? A smiling lady. Yep, yep. You don't see anything out of sorts. Um, This is the most common face you will find. It's just a face that's symmetrical. Why do I mention it? Because it's the asymmetrical faces that are going to give you the really strange messages. And Mm. particularly when you get into doing couple readings. So let's say the lady comes to you for a reading and she has a symmetrical face, all is well, and the boyfriend looks like Lionel Atwell, right, or worse. Mm-hmm. And you say, there's something about this guy you don't know, honey, because he's, he's got two characters going on here. However, mm-hmm. I've had it happen where a woman calls me up, and she's the one with the asymmetrical face, and she's going, I just don't understand why he dumped me. And I'm going, because, lady, half the time you're a bitch, and half the time you're sweet as pie. Right? <laughs> it's right there in the character. It's in the character right. that she shows in the character analysis. Now, that doesn't mean she can't change. And I always tell people when I'm doing a character analysis, this was at the moment the photo was taken. I would need a lot more photos mm. to, to get a, a larger picture. But I, mm. So the reason that I used a woman and a man wasn't to say that women are more symmetrical than men or that men are more asymmetrical, just to show examples. Right. Note, if your client is asymmetrical, it's not a good idea to come at them right away and saying it's your fault. 
that the mm-hmm. relationship broke up. But to, to break it to them gently, do you sometimes have ups and downs of mood? <laughs> and they often will admit it. And I've even had one one woman recently I read for who had an asymmetrical face and her poor boyfriend, I'm calling him poor boyfriend, um, she had broken up with him at that point like three times and um and then and she said, you know, why does he not return my text now when I'm texting him? And I, I looked and he just looked stunned like he'd been hit by, mm-hmm. you know, a, a bright light. He looked like the deer in the headlights. And she had this very weird face that was like twisted on one side, like twisted evil laughing. And the other side was just kind of like um, dead. It was what I call a dead face, not, no expression at all. And she was heavily made up. She had made her eyebrows to look like they were really evil. And um, I said to, to her, aren't you a little rough on him sometimes? And she goes, yeah, I just can't help it. I'm always rough on my boyfriends. Do you think that's why they leave me? <laughs> I was like, I said, you know, if it's not yeah. working for you, if it's not working for you and you have to call a reader, maybe it would be a good idea to think about, you know, working on being gentle, being more gentle. Mm. So, um, so that's the basic person. Now, now we have two pictures of couples. Yeah. Okay. First couple, we're going to show is a loving couple. This is a black and white photo, two people yep. snuggling and hugging and um, and gesturing to each other. The woman is laughing at some private joke. She's laughing so hard, her teeth are showing. She's just. You know, her eyes are closed. She's so happy. And the man has made her happy. He told the mm-hmm. joke or said the thing. You can see his, his eyes are closing, too, and he's also laughing. And they're really having a good time. Now, notice that um, his arm, his right arm, is around her shoulder, hugging her. And he's also yeah. touching her hair. She has long braids, and he's touching her hair. And... Um, in fact, if you look closely, you'll see that one of her braids is actually tucked between his fingers. You see that? Oh, wow, he's, yeah, you're right. He's securing her. Yeah, he's secu- his forefinger is tucked there. Now, you can read this as palmistry. The forefinger represents money. The middle finger represents duty. He's going to take care of her financially. And because they're African-American, I can make a little other comment. That hair was expensive, and he's going to take care of her hair financially. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's an expensive hairdo she's got there. Okay, now he also has his other hand up, and he's kind of like poking at you. You just see his wrist. And we see her two hands. Now, her hands are in a very awkward way. She's got her hands up with the backs of her wrists facing his chest, and she's grabbing onto his arm with both her hands. Mm-hmm. So her... um Let's see how we put her left hand, which we barely see the thumb, is grabbing his arm and and um, and holding it, and she's even kind of pulling it toward her a little bit, clinging to him. Okay. Her right hand is also grabbing him, and she has a ring on that finger. But notice, mm-hmm. she doesn't have a wedding ring on. All right. Notice she doesn't have an engagement ring on. She has a big shiny stone ring of her own, and it's on her middle finger. She's mm-hmm. still not married to him. He's about to marry her, I would say. If oh, yeah. this woman, yeah. if this woman were to say to me, "What does he think?" I go, "He wants you. He's going to put a ring on your finger real soon. He's going to be an incredibly good provider. He loves you. This is perfect. 
so happy mm. for you. If he mm. asked me, what does she think of me? I'd say, she loves the fact that you hug. She loves everything. She's showing us her ring saying, when do I get my wedding ring? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's that's a character analysis of two happy people. Now we're going to go to the last of the couple, the second of the couple photos. Uh, excuse me, yeah, the second. So here we have a couple who are outdoors in nature. It's a rather blurry photo, but it doesn't really matter because it tells the whole dressed story. Dressed in white, right? They're dressed in white. They're against a, yeah. a green nature. Looks like they're in some sort of palm tree land. They're mm-hmm. on vacation. They're well-to-do. They are not happy. Uh, the man has his hands well away from his body, not touching her, and really just not. And his left finger, which is on our mm-hmm. right, is pointing, his index finger is pointing down. Something about the money in the situation is bugging him. Right? Oh, she, yeah. yeah, she is grabbing him with her left hand, on which she has an expensive bracelet. And she is holding his wrist, saying, you know, come back, right? She's touching his back with her right hand. She's begging him to turn. If she could, if this was a motion photo, she'd be whipping him around, like, come around, come on, come back. He's like, "Uh uh-uh, lady, uh uh-uh. This is an unhappy couple. She has a look on her face that uh, has teeth and has a smile, but her eyes aren't smiling. He has a look of smile, but his eyes are closed, probably from the bright sun, but still, he's not looking at her. This was on some sort of, you know, travel photo, whatever, happy couple, out in nature, in the Bahamas, Hawaii, whatever, not a happy couple. They're not a happy no. couple. The 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 um, photopsychometry character analysis tells us a few things here. His character wants to be unfettered. His character mm-hmm. says you know, um, whatever, I'm just not, I'm not in, in playing. They've, yeah. dressed in mat- they've dressed in matching clothes. I would bet $10 she dressed them in matching clothes. She's oh, trying yeah. to rule this guy. Or she knew that he would dress in white, so she matched her clothes to him, right? Mm. But, um, but she's not getting going to get what she wants. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. Our last can I can we just say one thing? Compared to sure. the other couple who are like melting into each other, this guy seems so tense. Intimacy. You see his like sh- the shoulders, like he's he's like he's yeah. almost like buffing himself he's tur- up. He's, like, like he's turning away. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's turning away. away. Oh, which uh, to me indicates he, he had cheated on her. Oh he yeah, he could. He, I would say he doesn't consider her marriage material. Um, mm. Yeah, I would say he's a serial cheater. There's a lot of things in that guy's face. I call that the shit-eating grin. I don't like this dude <laughs> at all. <laughs> That's my character that. That's analysis. Good. Okay, now let's go to our last photo of a couple. This is a woman with a baby. Okay. Oh, now, um, this photo was taken probably in the 1930s, um, based on the woman's clothing. And it's in a fairly poor uh, house mm-hmm. in the kitchen. She has a wood cook stove. You can tell it's a wood stove because you see the lid lifter, and there's a coffee pot. Um, and she's holding her baby. Now, there 
there's problems with this woman and these problems and with the baby, and they're very sad, actually. Um, these these people, the, the child and the mother, are in an abusive situation. The yeah. the woman, if you cover mm-hmm. up, um, if you cover up the face, the side of her face. Excuse me. If you cover up the, the side of her face that is toward her baby, mm-hmm. she looks like a child. She married too young. Yeah. She's she's surprised and frightened. Yeah. If you cover yeah. up the side of her face that is uh, on the left and see what would be her left, the side that is toward the baby is angry. She has a head mm-hmm. tip, and she's going to fight for her life. Mm-hmm. There, she hasn't yet had the depths of having to fight back, but she will. She's holding the baby, and her um, forward hand is making a gesture of, get the fuck away from me. Mm-hmm. She's she's upset. Not only that, her little finger on that hand, if you're going to palmistry, is separated from the other fingers. And that little finger being separated means she has secrets. She's not going to tell. Um, she's holding the baby, and her thumb is very uh, prominent where she holds the baby. The thumb is her ego. She's working on trying to be strong. The baby also has two expressions on its face. On the side of the face that faces the mother, the baby looks surprised. On, mm-hmm. on the side of the face that's away from the mother, the baby is terrified and is going to start screaming and crying in a minute. Yeah, yeah. The baby is clinging to her with one hand, grabbing her clothes, and the baby's feet are in a very awkward position. Um, it's it's almost like it's been snatched up and it hasn't arranged its feet. So mm. this photo shows other things too that are not in about them. Notice there's a chair in the background, and the chair is at a very odd angle and just beginning to partially block a door. It's a very yep. careless, careless gesture there with the chair. I think that chair has been used uh, in a non-chair-like way. Okay, my sense of it, that chair was used to pick up and slam the floor. The chair was used to block the door. The chair was used to hit mm. somebody. The chair, the chair has seen some non-chair where it has no reason to be in that mm-hmm. corner at that angle. Right. So. In this photo, what we're seeing is um, protection. She's protecting the child, and there's fear. And yeah. um, this begins to verge on could we tell the future, right? Yeah. Now, um, to tell the future, oh, and one other thing I want to say about this. When you have two people, and you're going to look mm-hmm. at their sides of their faces, and their faces are facing front, which in the other two couples, they weren't both facing front. But when they're both facing front, the side of their face that faces their the other person tells how they feel mm. about each other. And the outside face is more what they're privately thinking, away from that oh. couple relationship. Mm. So the baby is, you know, she's, I'm going to fight for you, and the baby's surprised. That's what they're saying mm. to each other. But she's saying to the world, I'm scared. I'm just a young girl. How did I get in this situation? And the baby's saying, mm-hmm. oh my God, I've seen daddy hitting mommy, right? It's mm-hmm. really terrifying, right? So this is, um, uh, there, there's 
layers of what those people are thinking. Now, let's say we wanted to talk to these people. Right. We're going to use this photo of the mother and the baby. Now we're going to do some um, photopsychometry from the standpoint of divination. Now I'm going to pretend that this is a current photo. Okay. So the woman comes to me and she says, um, you know, here's a picture of my husband. We'll just assume he looks worse than Lionel Atwell. Right? I mean, he's got the whole villain face. And she said, and here's a picture of me, and let's assume she looks all pretty smiley, happy. And then there she goes, oh, and here's a picture of me and the baby. And then you go, okay, something is wrong. And you have to yeah. say to her, um, have you, um, you know, have you sometimes felt defensive of your child, that you have to defend your child? Well, then the story begins to come out. But if she is the not the person you're talking to, and you're going to do divination on her remotely, so the mother says, my daughter sent me this picture of her and the baby. What do you think? I could do a, a character analysis and say this is what was happening when the picture was taken, but I go one step mm-hmm. further, and this is photopsychometry mm-hmm. divination. So I put my hand on the picture, and I touch it. Mm-hmm. I take a moment, I breathe, I close my eyes, and just like I would be saying to a pendulum, I say, will mm-hmm. you will you tell me what's going on? And if I hear her say yes, or the baby say, yep, I then pull my hand off, and I look at it, and I begin to talk to her. Mm-hmm. So maybe, I, let's say I found out her name was Charlene. Mm-hmm. And I say... Charlene, are you okay? And just as clear as can be, Charlene says, no, I'm frightened, right? Mm. Or maybe Charlene says, um, I'm going to get a gun in a pawn shop and blow his head off. I mean, whatever she says, I, you know, I'm not going right. to read this photo. I'm just saying she'll say something. Then yeah. I'll turn to the baby and I'll say to the baby, you know, little buster, are you safe? And he's saying whatever he says. He goes, most of the time, no, no, I'm not safe. You know, or I hate daddy, or, or you know, mommy's a, a demon from hell. Whatever he's going to say, he's going to say it. Mm-hmm. And um, then I go back and I, I talk to them. I say, can, can we do something to help you? Can we do something to make this better? Maybe mm-hmm. she says, light a candle. Maybe she says, tell my mother I need to get out of here. Right? And then the mother being the client, I say, your daughter is asking me for help. I can hear her voice. Now, this is straight-up mediumship, and I can't teach yes. mediumship on I was just about radio. to say that. <laughs> right? But yeah. you use the photopsychometry, you touch mm-hmm. the photo, and this is what happened to me when I was in jail, when I touched the photo of this young boy um, in Life magazine, and I knew everything yeah. about him, everything. Yeah. You can touch that it- photo of that woman, and you'll know everything about that situation. Okay. What's That's fascinating the... to me is, is is that you're using the photo in two ways here that mm-hmm. I don't think That's people right. are, even, are even conceiving of. They think of photos as a snapshot. That's the analysis. That's the character. That's the character stuff, the character reading, right? You're able to mm-hmm. see the, that particular moment, that snap of it. But then, and this is the really cool part, you're using the photo as a portal. You're mm-hmm. connecting across space and time to that person to have a conversation. And that's the mediumship portion of it that, that, that's really fascinating. And I don't think people think of photos that way. They think of photos as sort of static, frozen in time, but you're looking at it in a very dynamic way. 
as something yes. you can connect to and speak through. Right. It's a it's a link. See, and this goes back yeah. now. We're going full full circle back to psychometry. When I'm given yes. a ring, I I don't see a face. Right? right. I just have a ring, and I do the same thing. I put the ring in my hand. I close my eyes. I actually, I know it sounds sort of uh, silly, but it's like Johnny Carson. I literally put it up to my forehead, uh, holding the ring in my hand. I put it up mm-hmm. to my forehead with my arm. Um, I'll, I'll be very specific. It's in my it's in my hand in a fist. I put my fingers, part of my fist, up against my forehead. My um, mm-hmm. the base of my thumb is at the base of my nose. My arm or wrist goes down my nose, and I press fairly hard for just a minute. And I just go, mm-hmm. okay, what do I see? I then take it down and open my hand, mm-hmm. and then I start mm-hmm. to talk to the person. But I don't. I leave it up there until I feel like I've connected with the person. If it's a larger object, like say it's a, mm-hmm. a cup or a mug, yeah. I will take it off. Usually in both hands, I will put it up. I close my eyes. I'll put it up with my thumbs face touching each other, and my two thumbs will be on my forehead holding this item, braced against oh, my wow. um, eyebrows. I've I've always done it the same way. I'm not saying you have to. Um, right. Sometimes if it's something small and um and um cuddly like a little um toy or something i might close my eyes and hold it to my bosom not on my breast but just above my breast hold it to my bosom and press it against my bosom if i feel that it belonged to someone who really loved this object and it's right. a soft small object i never oh, do that with photos with photos i hold it at this 30 degree angle um, in my mm-hmm. hand, or propped up on something, or lay them flat on the table. If I'm going to do a mediumship, you know, a, a go into a slight trance state, mm-hmm. I will often lay the photo down and then do it the same way I would do with a pendulum. Now, this mm. brings one more layer into this. You can read a pendulum over a photo. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So now I'm doing remote pendulum reading, and it's also a form of photopsychometry. So I've done the character analysis, and I've done the done some, um, you know, looking at the photo. I've got to say a photo of a man, and I I have the question from my client, and she is saying, um, "Will he ever come back?" And I say, "Let's find out." And I get my pendulum, and I go through the whole, you know, my pendulum. Here's this man, and I introduce them, mm-hmm. and I say, "Now," I say. Lionel Atwell, will you ever come back? Or whatever, you know, and I'll get a yes or a no, and I'll just mm-hmm. read the pendulum over it. And um, when I do that, I'm trying to read the pendulum, if I can, on the axis of his face. In other words, where, where no matter where he is in the photo, the pendulum is going over his face vertically. If it was to be a yes, it would go from his chin to his forehead. If it was to be a no, it would go from cheekbone to cheekbone. Hmm, interesting. Uh, here's you now. This might be an opportunity to also bring uh, John in. A question that everyone's going to be asking, because this is so cool, and I think the pendulum offers a bit of an answer. Is what can people do to slowly start to develop some of this ability if they have it? Now, you rightly noted, and I said this too. Like this is one of the more gift-based skills. Not everyone mm-hmm. is going to have it. We don't. I, I'm sorry to say. It's good. I know we live in the world of everyone's oh. special, but it's true. Not everyone can do this. Not it, it is a it is a gift. But there are certain things you can do to slightly develop it. I think the pendulum yeah. is one. 
One thing I've yes. taught my students that I think is great is if you get Lucky Mojo oils, you get a bunch of them, you actually cover up the label, labels and cover them up so you can't see them. Then you dab a little bit in your hand and try to figure out what the oil is just from touch. That is a way, it's not photopsychometry, but it's a way of developing that physical, tactile, psychic sense. So, mm, this is a love oil. No, this is a money oil. You can start to feel those conditions. So that's one way that you can start to develop slowly the, the, the sort of tactile, psychic ability of psychometry. What are some things that you would recommend, Kat? And then maybe John can jump in with some suggestions as well. Well, I think one way to train yourself to do this work is just to start mm-hmm. doing it. I find it very difficult to train people in mediumship other than yes. um, by through meditation and mm-hmm. focus. And this is a way, you know, but it takes this. Whether yeah. you can actually um, engage in mediumship, I think one of the things that we've always used is crystal balls mm-hmm. um, and pendulums to stone for me, of course, I'm a Taurus. Stone yeah. works very well for me as a focus for, um, uh, you know, getting a, a, a mediumship contact. How about mm-hmm. you, John? Mm-hmm. What, what would you say to train yourself in these things? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, I think you go with what you do. Uh, <clears throat> you know, sometimes people want to do something. Oh, it'd be cool to do that, but they don't have uh, any prior uh uh, leaning in that direction, it's like, you know, I always wanted to be an opera singer, but, man, if you heard me sing, it's like, no, you don't have the gift, <laughs> right? So uh, <clears throat> I knew I could do this since, I, you know, when I was a little kid, I could tell what a co- color something was by touching it, uh, mm-hmm. and I still can. I can close my wow. eyes and tell you the color of something, and, uh, you know, I, I used to demonstrate this. I used to do a psychic demonstration, and uh, I would uh, be blindfolded, and, I mean, you know, like, my, my face taped up. Uh, it was like a mm-hmm. Gansfield uh, test, blindfold, and had people uh, hold things out, and I touched it, tell them what color it was. And I got so good at it that in the 80s, I could solve the Rubik's Cube blindfolded. That was one thing I did for Erno Rubik at the World's Fair. And he said, I, I just can't even fathom it. And, wow. uh, and uh, I can still do that. I can solve a Rubik's Cube. And I was probably one of the first people in the world to do that. And I don't mean by watching it being mixed. I can mm-hmm. be blindfolded and have you mix it up and hand it to me, and it takes me a while to do it, but you know I can I can do it by touch. So I knew I could mm-hmm. do this, and uh, mm-hmm. and I got very good at it. Uh, I can touch things, and really the, most of what I do is based on uh, psychometric mediumship. Uh, when mm-hmm. I read cards, when I read anything, it's based on a form of psychometric mediumship. So uh, I always knew I could do it. So I I, I can't really understand or tell you how to yeah. develop it. It developed with yeah. the rest of my other uh, abilities. Everything stemmed from that. And uh, But I, I'll tell you that with me, with pictures or anything, I hold them over my, uh, you, you hold them to your head, but I hold them close to my belly, really near the sacral uh, chakra. Oh, really? Uh, Interesting. Yeah, and even with the picture, I don't hold the picture flat because that looks weird, but I'll hold it in my hands uh, horizontally and bring my hands uh, to my chest like I'm looking at it and I really uh, I don't do a uh, uh, a thing like you were talking about with uh, uh, looking at the face and stuff uh, I'll, I'll look at it and, and talk to the guy you know like you did I got a, I got a story about that if you want to hear it uh, and uh, uh, but mostly I'll I'll touch it and uh, mm-hmm. you know I'll look at the person and have a conversation and uh, you, you want to hear a story about that do we have time? Sure, go ahead. 
Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I don't uh, know. We, I don't know if we have time. Actually, you should look at what time is it. Um, uh, we've got like two and a half minutes, I think. So quickly. two and a half minutes. Uh, I, so, I can't, I can't okay. that story. You can't tell that story. <laughs> oh, I can't. I call it. I was at a public demonstration of this very thing, uh, where people would hand me objects and photographs. And after the show, a, a, a woman came up and handed me a picture of this guy, really nice-looking guy, round face, you know, country boy, right, with a big beard, and said, "Can you tell me what happened to Kevin?" Mm-hmm. And immediately, I got this terrible, uh, oh, this terrible feeling, wet and cold, and. Kevin said, don't tell her what really happened to me. Tell her I just I was out in the woods drunk, and I just fell down a cliff and died. And the wild animals carried me away after I died. But don't tell her. please." He said, please, mister, don't tell her what really happened to me. Oh, wow. And, wow. And so I told him, I said, Kevin says that he was in the woods drunk. He said, yeah, yeah, he, he'd get drunk, go hunt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then he fell down a, a, a cliff into some water. And... Uh, mm-hmm hit his head, died, and the wild animals carried him away. And that's why they couldn't find him. She goes, that's right, they could, we couldn't find him. But what really happened to Kevin, and this is what I saw, and I experienced this. That's one of the very bad things about uh, psychometry is that sometimes you'll experience what mm. the person mm-hmm. felt. Yep. Uh, if the person's a drunk, you'll feel it. If they're a drug addict, you'll feel it, et cetera. Was mm-hmm. that, yes, he was drunk. Yes, he fell down the cliff into the water, but it was rapids, and it carried him mm. under these rocks into a cave. And mm. it broke a lot of bones in his body, and it took him two days to die. Mm. Mm. Wow. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that, this is, is, that's, my, that's my psychology this is story. Something, uh, yes, I've, I've had, and I'm just going to briefly wrap this up with one other idea. I've had it happen where I get I, in contact with a person, and they will say something like, that photo is a bad photo, and she picked it deliberately. I'm really a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go, I mean, I've had this, you know, but you hear them talking to you. I mean, they're right there, you know, and or I've had I've had um, one person, uh, a a woman say to me, um, yes, I'm marrying him for his money. Um, I have to give him sex. I really don't like sex. I'm just marrying him for his money. But don't tell. Go to the phones 
and take our first client, Sicily. Uh, Sicily, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hello. Hi. 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 Okay, Hi. great. I'm. Uh, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you're here. You're. You're calling in from Los Angeles, and I understand that um, you would like to reunite with your boyfriend who lives in another state. And you would like to know whether or not you can use root work to bring about this reconciliation, and if so, uh, what root work should be done? Is that correct? Does that summarize your question? Pretty correct. He lives here in California as well as in uh, Texas, so he's back and forth. But I haven't seen him in six months. Mm. And we weren't exactly boyfriend and girlfriend. We were um, just starting to date, and he, he, and then of course the pandemic kept everything apart. But mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I wonder if there's an opportunity for us coming. Okay. Well, thank you uh, for that, Jeremy. I'm going to ask you a couple questions. I will be doing your uh, first reading, uh, followed by our guest, Miss Cat. Uh, and then John St. Germain is going to give you some root work advice on what Yay. can be done. But first, uh, let me ask, uh, what sign of the zodiac are you? I'm a Capricorn sun, Aquarius rising, Scorpio moon. Okay. And what sign is he? He is an Aquarius with a Scorpio moon. Okay. So the Scorpio moon is, is good there. Um, uh, there is a lot of Saturn going on here with, between the Capricorns and the Aquarius, um, which can be a bit tricky, uh, and it does certainly, that Saturnian energy does certainly slow things down. So what I'm going to do is pull a few cards and see what they say about your chances uh, of a relationship, of reuniting. Uh, one final question, how long were you guys talking before uh, the pandemic kind of interrupted things? Well, we were together five years ago for a mm-hmm. short period of time, and then we got together in December of 2019 for just a few weeks, it just over the holidays. And then the holidays kind of separated us, and then all of that. Gotcha. So I have three cards here, and they speak to the situation, I think, quite clearly. The first card is the Two of Cups, and the Two of Cups is actually a good card. It's a fortunate card when it comes to uh, relationships, and it does indicate that the connection that you two had was sincere. The fact that you had a relationship many years ago and that it was rekindled for a short while indicates that there is something there. There is sincere uh, desire, there is sincere affection, there is sincere love there. This is good. The Two of Cups is a good indication. However, it is situated in the past, indicating that their connection between you was sincere. Now, the question is, is it enough in order to manifest this relationship once more, in order to rekindle? The next card is the of Pentacles. And the Three of Pentacles shows us a person who is busy, watched over by an architect and some form of sponsor, working on a cathedral with three pentacles. It is one of the few, it is the only pentacle card without uh, coins in it. And there's an indication here that where this person is right now in their life is uh, a place where they're busy. They're focused on something else other than you. I don't know what this person's work is or what their work situation is, but their focus is not on 
the uh, emotional component here. Their focus isn't on, on you. That's not to say they're not thinking about you. That's not to say they're not missing you. But right now, what they're putting all their value in is something else. What they're putting all their attention in is something else. What they're putting all their focus in is something else. And that is a deep hindrance for any type of reconciliation, even with sort of pandemic conditions, even with lockdown conditions. It is super important that he be able to kind of see you as a priority, see you as part of, okay, I can't see her physically. I can't, you know, come and talk to her, but there's a million other ways that we can still reconnect, a million other ways that I can still ensure that this person is in my life. So the Three of Pentacles here, while not a bad card, it does tell us that there's a block here, that where this person's mind is is not where your mind is. The final card that we get is the Five of Swords. The Five of Swords tells there are some underlying conditions here, more than just business, more than just the sort of environmental factors that will play a role that in attempt to recognize hey, Ollie? this person. Ollie. Yeah. We can't hear you. Yeah. All these voices breaking, breaking up. up. Can anyone help? Yeah. Um, yeah so, um, no, it's very. Your voice is very broken up. Try again. Hello. Can you hear me? Now we can hear you. Yeah, Go ahead. Better. Okay. Great. Okay. That was really strange. Some type of interference. Um, yeah. Uh, one of the where where did you where did you guys last hear? Uh, um, three of Pentacles. Were, I think you were just about to begin the third card. Perfect. So the third card. What I heard. The third card is the five of pentacles, and the five of pentacles speaks to more underlying conditions. This is not just an environmental factor. This is not just the circumstances of the pandemic and lockdown and whatnot. If you attempt a reconciliation, it will be with great struggle. That there will be tension. That there will be resistance on this person's part. That's not to say they don't care about you, but it means that what they want is not exactly what you want. And so you are looking at a very up held battle. You were looking at a person whose attention has wandered. I will go even further and say that when I pulled the geomantic reading that I also did, I pulled a series of cast a series of figures, uh, the card that came up or the figure that came up was populist, indicating that there are other interests involved. Um, the, a lot you know, time has passed and his attention has wandered. If there is not a romantic rival on the scene, there will be one very shortly. So be aware of that, that you are facing both a time crunch and a tension crunch, and you're looking at environmental factors that are interfering. So your chances of a reconciliation are not entirely good. You are facing an uphill battle, and root work will take a great deal of effort on your part to even affect sort of minor victories here. With that said, I'm going to turn this over to Kat, who's going to do your next reading, and then John is going to give you some group work recommendations. Thank you. All right. Um, hi. I believe, and, and you can correct me, that I have read for you at Hoodoo Psychics. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. I recognize... Oh, no, no. The... At, the, at, your, um, at your store, you've read for me. At my store. Okay. All right. Uh, because I recognized the signs of the um, the zodiac. Uh, strange to say, I don't remember people's names as much as I remember their their uh, their <laughs> their signs. That's so funny. Um, so the the thing about um, having um, multiple readings on the same situation is that the situation is dynamic and it's changing. And what may have been true at one point becomes 
um, either more true or less true, may stay the same very rarely. So time has passed. Um, how long ago did I read for you? It wasn't all that long ago, right? Um, it was uh, a year ago, just about last summer. Last summer, a year so ago. This, okay. this had not taken place, yeah. Okay, so so this isn't the same person that we talked about a year ago? Mm, we talked more about business a year ago. Okay, so this is okay. This is a different situation. Okay, I just recognized you, and I I wanted to make sure that I was uh, not making a mistake. Okay, so what I have here is um, uh, three cards. One of which shows that um, that time is going to be a factor here, and it is the three of wands. And the three of wands is a card that shows. A person looking out over the sea or over a bay or across a river, and on the other side we see some land, and there are little ships coming toward the person. It's sunset. They've waited a long time, and the little ships are just coming in, little boats really, and um, they're going to get something, but it may come late. And they are wearing clothes that have been patched, and their their head is sort of tipped a little tiredly. So... This says to me that this situation may be beginning to wear you down, but there will be some kind of connection, but it may come a little too late. It's not a, a great like, oh, wow, this is going to be totally you know, happening. The next card kind of goes along with what Ali said, and this is called the Knight of Pentacles. And this shows a knight who is about to come forth uh, traveling on a horse, holding a big gold coin. Behind, way in the distance, there is a pair of oak trees, and this pair of oak trees represents a, a marriage partner, a business partner, something that's really great. And we know that he had been there because he has oak leaves in his helmet and his horse's headband is decorated with oak leaves and uh, acorns. But he has come many uh, acres over plowing the fields and the fields are plowed and there's nothing green growing. This points to something usually it is a job. It could be another person, but it's more often a job because he's holding a coin, there's the plowing. He has worked very hard and is doing something that's really stressful for him, but he's doing it well. He wants to move forward, but his horse, which is to say his body or his emotional self is at a dead standstill. He can't move forward right now. I'm not trying to write him off an excuse and say, oh, you know, he's just simply stressed out with COVID or whatever. There's also Mercury retrograde going on as well. But there's something here that he's doing that is not about you. It's a whole other plan that he has going on. And mm-hmm. that kind of goes to what Ali said. We're kind of in agreement on that. And the third card is called the four of cups. And this card shows a man under a tree dressed rather raggedly. Um, His hair is not well put together and it's just sort of messy. And in front of him are three golden goblets on the grass just standing there in a row. And we see a little hand of an angel coming out of a cloud handing him a fourth cup and he has his arms crossed across his chest in a very rejecting manner and he's shaking his head, no, I don't want it. And this is called the card of the fourth refusal. And it says that several times he has been offered 
love by you, possibly by others, possibly. If it's you, it's happened in the past. And he, for some reason, didn't pick it up and drink from it. He just said, no, I don't want it. So the little angel hand puts the cup down, goes to heaven, gets another cup. He says no. And this man has been given an extra bonus round of offerings, and this is what you just had, this revival of the relationship, it looks like he'll probably say no again. And so, in my opinion, if you want to change things, you have to be prepared for refusal and just do it out of a good heart. There was something there, but it's been... um, He's distracted, and he may see imperfection in himself. Surely, if you held a man up to a mirror up to this man, you'd see he's not in good condition. And um, and he may be blaming the cup bearer um, for his own inability to really get himself together. Okay, so that's what I see. Let's turn this over to John and have him do a um, some uh, root work advice for you. Okay. Well. Uh- well, Cecile, I do, I do have a, a suggestion for you, a, a couple. Um, I think you you want to try to draw the two of you together. Uh, there's a lot of obstacles here. Um, and the the thing I've had the best luck with is some uh, a moving candle or a moving lodestone. And uh, I think I, if I were you, I'd get a, a pair of matched lodestones. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Name them after yourselves, and if you have something of him, if you can get a hair, uh, uh, mm-hmm. anything of him, uh, put them, in, uh, you know, you and her, male and female, your name, his name, put them together, and uh, dress them with uh, "Love Me" or "Come to Me" uh, lotion. Every uh, alter, you can alternate them with oil, and over a period of time, you know, five to seven days, uh, move them closer, and you want to uh, also dress them with magnetic sand. And as you move them closer together, I don't know if you've ever worked with lodestones, this magnetic sand forms tendrils that start to reach like they're yearning for each other, and it's a beautiful thing to see. And at some point, these tendrils from the male and the female lodestones will intertwine uh, and come together, and then eventually the two lodestones become as one. Now, when they successfully joined together and the match lodestones uh, they, they they link together they, they they come together they interlock um, I would put these in a small bag with uh, with a uh, tonka bean and some rose petals uh, the tonka bean uh, uh, helps bring your wish about in terms of love and the rose petals ignites passion I think what I'm what I'm getting just instinctively here is that he's not the most passionate person and has some inhibitions. Uh, and uh, if you want to, while you're doing this, uh, you could burn a red candle that's also dressed with these oils and recite Psalm 45 as you burn this candle. Uh, and uh, see if this doesn't help. I think he, he has issues that may make it difficult for him to have a relationship, and uh, these these have to be addressed as well. And that that's outside the realm of magic. This is more in the realm of uh, uh, other fields. That's all I'm going to say on the radio. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
Kat, do you have anything that you can add uh, in terms of recommendations to, to John's work? Yeah, I, I agree with everything John said. It's This is exactly how I would do it. Um, I would, putting putting the little uh, the stones in a bag, then you have some choice. You want to carry it with you or do what I do, which is to put it under the bed. Put it in a little uh, candy dish that has a lid or put it between the box yeah, yeah. spring and mattress so that he comes to you. Um, and um, this is... Um, a, a really good way to work with him. You might try some of that photosachometry we talked about. Um, you might try having a picture of him, or if you have a picture of him and you together, have that present when you're doing that lodestone spell with the candle, uh, maybe in a little easel frame looking onto things. If you use a glass candle um, for a vigil light, you can take the photo, print it out, and tape it on the candle as a label, and uh, so the candle now is dedicated to the idea of you two and being together. If you have no photo of the two of you together, this spell may be a little ahead of the curve of where you're at with this person. Mm-hmm. One thing I'm often I'm often told by people who broke up five, ten years ago. Oh yeah, I burned all these photos. I threw all these photos in the dumpster. Now they want them mm-hmm. back. They don't have a photo. Too bad. So you have to you have to hope for something that is shows the two of you together, um, or at least what John said the names, hair, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to add just real briefly that you really should set yourself a time limit for this. Um, don't yes. work yes. for the next six months on it. Um, reconnecting for a couple weeks and then waiting for several months. I mean that. You know, that in of itself, you've already been patient. So set yourself a very clear timeline. If he's not with you by the end of summer, time to move on. Uh, if, you don't, if you don't reconnect and have a relationship, and it, shouldn't, it should be more than a small sign. It should be more than, oh, he called me, so now I'm going to spend another eight months on this. It should be, right. a real yeah. sign, okay, we're, we're back together. This is often a mistake that clients make. Like, I did a bunch of candle work. He called me, and then he vanished. But because he called me, I'm going to spend another eight, eight months. Don't do that. If he comes back mm-hmm. to you, great, success. If he doesn't, though, if, on the other hand, like, you wait till the end of summer, he's gone, it's time to move on. Maybe you'll reconnect sometime years down the line, but don't put any more energy or effort into this particular situation. We thank you and for, I, for I got I got one more thing. Yep. I got one more thing. Sure, the, sure. Card of the, fourth, the card of the fourth refusal means go ahead, contact him four times, but not all in the same yeah. day, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, perfect. By perfect. text. Thank you for that, Jack. Thank you for that. Thank you for trusting us with your situation. We wish you all the best. We're going to have a brief break for a network announcement, and then uh, Dr. Jeremy Weiss is going to come back and lead us on to our free spell. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2, and Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com.
And now it's time for our free spell segment with Miss Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, um, California. Take it away, Miss Cat. All right. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, this is a simple spell with a photo, which I have published previously, but now that you've learned about photopsychometry, I'm going to interlineate some ideas as I go through the spell as printed. The spell is from my book, uh, Art of Hoodoo Candle Magic, and it's called A Mother's Guiding Light for Her Children. So I'm just going to read it, but I'm going to be prepared for some breakout ideas here. If you have a young one in need of protection, you can use this spell to make your heartfelt protective spiritual work look like an everyday knick-knack display, hiding it in plain sight. Purchase a guardian angel statue in any style. Write the child's name and birth date on a small piece of paper or on a small photo and tape a hair of the child to it. Go to a craft store and buy some green or brown crafter's felt and some fabric glue. Glue the prepared paper face up to the statue and then glue the felt on. Pray Psalms 91 as you work. That's the famous protection spell. Trim the felt to the base of the guardian angel statue and no one will know what is under the felt. Get an easel frame for a photo of the child. And it can be the same photo. And behind the photo... When you put it in the frame, insert two papers. On the first paper, write out your prayer for the child's safety and happiness. On the second paper, write out a copy of Psalms number 91 in your own handwriting. You may add a pinch each of these three herbs, angelica root powder, motherwort, and althea leaf. Assemble the photo with the hidden papers in the frame. Place the guardian angel statue and the framed photo of the child on a bookcase, entertainment center shelf, or small tabletop. Set a floral array and a simple white candle dressed with protection oil in front of the display. Burn the candle when the child may be away from home or in any kind of danger as a guiding light. This work can be adapted for use with a family group photo, if you wish. Now let's get on to the variations. So... Um, some people use a studio photo for this and, um, you know, portrait of the child. But if you really want to be protective of the child, remember the, the photo of the, of the uh, poor young lady in the kitchen and how she was protecting her child? Your situation may not be that desperate, but get a picture of the child that you are holding the child. Um, not, we're not talking about necessarily a graduation photo where they're all in their mortarboard and gown and it's so glorious, but a photo of this child when they were young and you were holding them. Um, that is a real good protection photo. If the child had a father and the father is no longer in the picture and you want that father to do good in protecting, get a picture of the three of you. But take a moment to do some photopsychometry of that photo and say to you know to the father, Eddie, are you still willing to stand by, you know, Bert? And if Eddie goes, no, I don't give a fuck, don't use that photo, right? <laughs> but if Eddie said, yes, he'll always be my son, I'm always there for him, you know I've paid child support, you know I see him every summer, and he always has a home with me, then use that photo. And if you're mad at, at Eddie and just don't want him in the picture, then just don't use his photo and just use you and the child. You can have several children. And it can be you and your. It could be you and your pet. It can be for protecting a pet. So there are many ways to work with the photo 
in the spell as written, I just said get a photo. But now that you know about photopsychometry, you know how to tailor this photo. For instance, grandmother has passed on, and grandmother always loved little Ernie. And there's this wonderful picture of Ernie when he was four years old, looking up at Grandma and smiling, back kind of behind his head and looking up at her and her putting her hand on his shoulder and chest. Grandma's gone now, but Grandma's spirit, you want to have protect Ernie because Ernie's now in the Army, right? That's a good photo. So Mm. you can um, bring all kinds of photos into the work as long as you understand that you're going to do some photopsychometry on the photo before you actually select the photo. Don't just pick it because it's pretty. Pick it because of what it says. Um, Question the people in the photo. Is this a good photo to use? Then you can build this spell with the guardian angel statue, um, and it will have some real oomph to it, (laughs) some real power to it, because you picked the right photo. Okay? Mm. I love this. This is great. And I love the fact that this is going to be, I mean, this is a, you're working with a photo that you can keep in your living room, right? Like we often mm-hmm. think of things hidden, uh, hidden on altars or put away or snuck away. This is right, right there in your living room and it's there to protect it's there, And you can use it in a variety of different ways. Um, this is a really cool, cool, way of working and blending a little bit of psychometry using photos and good old-fashioned hoodoo. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you another hint. Let's say you have a photo of the child in front of the house that you still live in, that they were raised mm-hmm. in, but they've moved to Vermont, and you'd really like them to come back to Tennessee. Mm. You want a photo of them in front of the house. Um, and maybe with you and dad in front of the house because you want them to come back. Remember, the old house is calling you too, right? So all of the things that are in a photo have a meaning. And um, even inanimate objects that are in there, the old tree that stood by the porch, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, One way that this is is really kind of coming to me right now is uh, you can get one of those picture frames that has multiple frames kind of in a row, and if you mm-hmm. have just gotten pregnant, you can start with a sonogram photo, place that, <laughs> protect, and, you know, start really early. Hey, I'm protecting in order to ensure that I can carry to term if you're having difficulties with pregnancy. Then once the baby is born, you put a photo of the baby, uh, you put a picture of the baby there. Then when they're five mm-hmm. years old, you have this whole kind of long-term protective work on your child that you can do over years uh, in order mm-hmm. to keep them safe, starting right at before they're even born. So this is why this this type of work is just so cool. And there's so much you can do with photos, picture frames. Um, And you're right, being able to think about what's actually in the photo, not just the person, right? But the house Mm -hmm. in the background, the tree in the background, all those things Mm -hmm. matter. Mm -hmm. What are they holding? Right? Are they holding money? Right. Are they holding a certificate? Are they holding a shoe? Are they holding someone's hand? Is it a wedding photo? Yes. I love this. Thank you very much, uh, Ms. Kat. This was such a great, great free spell um, and useful, I think, for many of our listeners. But also thank you for such a cool and fun topic. I think this is a chance to really dive into something that not everyone gets a chance to hear about. People heard of psychometry and photopsychometry, but they don't quite know what it was. So this was a real treat. 
thank you to John St. Germain as well for joining us as our guest. You had some big shoes to fill, and it was fun having you on here. We're going to turn this over to Jeremy Weiss, who's going to lead us out with an outro. Well, thank you, Conjurman Ali, and thank you, Reverend John St. Germain, and thank you, Miss Kat of LuckyMojo.com in Fourthville, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest will be a mystery. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman Ali at theconjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, and the shows are available in the archive via luckymojo.com forward slash radioshow.html. <laughs> for all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band. Well, thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jeremy, for that wonderful (laughs) outro. Uh, Thank you all for tuning in. Just a couple shout-outs to Doc Murphy, who was our guest last week, to Angela L., uh, to all the great people who tune in, uh, uh, Risen Raven, Tony I, all the wonderful people who join us every week in the chat room. You make this show possible. If you are interested in psychometry, Miss Cat does these readings, so check her out at readersandrootworkers.org. It is an absolute treat to get a reading uh, based off of psychometry. That's it for us today. Have a great week. See you all next week. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 <laughs>